Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today I have Kevin here to talk all about building your email nurture sequence or what your email uh, nurture sequence should do for your business. So we're going to talk about what is an email nurture sequence, what do you need in place to get one started, what do the emails look like, and Kevin's going to share his expertise on how to really build relationships through email. So let me tell you a little bit about him. So coaches hire Kevin when they need a system that can help them break 10K months, or if they want to scale to 80K months while getting more time freedom. He's helped hundreds of coaches achieve this by mentoring them on how to create belief-shifting messaging that does the heavy lifting and changing their sales process from hard sales to a journey using leadership skills. Kevin brings this wisdom through building his own gyms and nutrition company from the ground up and running them for seven years. Then after leaving the gyms, he went on to help influencers and multi-seven-figure coaches in the health and wellness industry improve their sales through the system he teaches today. On top of that, he was the head messaging and offers coach for two multi-million dollar online coaching companies where he helped their clients craft their high ticket offers and messaging to sell. Welcome to the podcast, Kevin. So excited to have you here. Well, thank you so much for having me, Stephanie. Absolutely. This is something I'm really excited to talk about. Um, It's something I do teach a little bit about in my um, Launch Your Nutrition Biz online course, but to go more in depth into, you know, what is an email nurture sequence? Why do we need one? And I'm not sure like your thoughts and beliefs on this, but I think like when a new entrepreneur is just starting out, they're kind of, they know they need to be doing emails. They know they need a nurture sequence potentially, but they don't know like what it is or why it's important. So I would love to just get started with, um, you know, what is an email nurture sequence to begin with? Yeah, that's a great question, especially for any nutritionist starting out. Like, the a nurture email is basically when they download the thing you're giving away and we are using a sequence of emails to lead this new person mm-hmm. who opted in for what you just got and the purpose of that is to just really position you and like okay what do you do and it positions like why should i listen to you and why um if i was in the market for having a problem solved like why should i hire you mm, okay so instead of just like having someone sign up for your email list and then maybe like not sending an email or sending emails but there's no purpose this is like an, a specific sequence of like kind of building authority and building traction to almost like bring them from like step a to step z is that kind of how you see it yeah, absolutely. And, you know, because a lot of the times and why, you know, I'm so passionate about this topic we're talking about today, and I know you have your clients get this set up is because a lot of the clients that have come into our program, like they know it, it's like treated as a thing that just sh- should be there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it kind of like, doesn't it really have a purpose? Um, and it's just like, just, I don't know, it just feels very random, but everything in your business, um, 
should have some intention to move something, right? Because if we want a business, because the business really is something like a system that provides value. So in order to have the value, we need the systems that kind of help us back that up. Mm, okay. So I guess just to like almost break it down so people really understand, like, instead of just kind of like spending hours and hours and hours on social media or, um, you know, any type of like marketing piece where maybe it's like you create something once and then it's gone. Mm -hmm. An email list is more like collecting emails and mm -hmm. then having this sequence that's there so that you're not having to do the work over and over and over. It's kind of set yes. it and forget it, but it's still doing a lot to build those relationships with those potential clients. Yes, absolutely. Okay, perfect. So what would you need in place to actually start that email list? Like maybe there's certain platforms you would recommend, or mm -hmm. you had mentioned having like a lead magnet or a freebie. So maybe if you want to talk through like what actually kind of needs to be there structurally in order to start this email list. Yeah, no, great question there. So the very first thing is like, especially if you're just starting out um, as a nutritionist and you want to give like something out there that is aligned with like what you do. And like, I know in your program, you really help people get clear on their niche. You get people clear on their elevator pitch and their offer. Mm -hmm. So really the giveaway is a little bit of something in your offer, like a process or a step. So it aligns with what you're doing, right? So people who you're talking to will want that thing because it solves a specific problem. Um, and then they'll want to opt in. And so once they opt in, uh, you need something called a landing page. And a landing page, you know, you can use click funnels, we use drop funnels, but you know, whatever software page that captures the email will get the job done. And then once they opt in, so they type in their email and they say, yes, I want this thing, then they're basically giving you permission to like, cool, something of yours really interests me. I just want to find out more. They're going to consume that um, lead magnet, we call it. Um, and, and then they're going to go through your nurture email sequence. And probably some of you are wondering, well, what email software should I use? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, there's many out there. Um, and we prefer to use uh, Active Campaign just because as you grow, there's powerful tagging and automations that you can do there. Yeah, so. absolutely. I, I've, I hear so many people talking about active campaign. It's not one I personally use, but I think it has so many capabilities. So for someone that maybe has started their email list, but let's say on something maybe more beginner or basic, um, like MailChimp or Flowdesk, like mm -hmm. how easy is it for someone maybe when business is ramping up or they want to invest in like those platforms that maybe are more, have more capabilities, like how easy is it to kind of like transfer from one platform to another? Yeah, I've done this um, a few times with uh, when I used to do email stuff for people. It's uh, it's it's pretty simple. It is going to take time, um, but uh, it's pretty simple. Uh, especially with Active Campaign, they will um, they allow you to move like the domains kind of over them over to them as well. So they'll help you with that. And I think the biggest thing is like the actual email addresses. So it's pretty easy. You would just have to download like your your list and then you could just reload upload it into active campaign and then you would just get like the tech stuff set up in there and yeah yeah thanks for talking that through because i think a lot of people worry so much about the decision making of like picking the absolute right one right off the bat and sometimes you need to kind of find the, the one that mm -hmm. works best for you but it's nice to get your expert opinion on active campaign and and especially you know if we're using email as like 
a, a piece of like a selling piece in our business, we want to pick something that's going to actually give us the resources to do so. Um, mm-hmm. I have another question. I'm not sure how in depth you go into this with your own clients or in your own business, but when you're recommending like people create a lead magnet or a freebie to, you know, engage people to sign up for the email list, do you have any, I guess, like best performing freebie or lead magnet ideas? I mean, personally, I've heard quizzes do really well, but then, you know, you have all different schools of thought. So I was wondering if there was anything you kind of suggest to your, to your own clients. Yeah, you know, I think the lead magnet is one of the most important things because it's how you attract the right audience. So to your question about like, um, you know, is there like the the best ones? Um, I would have to say like, it depends. It depends when you do the avatar work, like the avatar work that they do in your program. We have to understand who we're after before we pick the thing we're going to give away. And Number one, it needs to really be aligned with like what offer that you're doing. So for example, if you're a registered dietitian that also does like, you know, hormonal labs and all that stuff, and then you help people lose weight that way Mm -hmm. and you focus on menopause, you know, giving like a five day sugar challenge is not going to get the right people who are into hormones, right? Mm -hmm. So we have to look at who we're after. We have to look at your offer and what you do. And then from there, we would split off a piece of what you do in relation to hormones, for example, right? Instead, now this, this, sorry, long story, (laughs) that was a little longer explanation. Now we get into like the actual thing. Um, So now we can kind of decide, okay, so am I after like, let's say busy women who work, you know, um, or lawyers and all that stuff? Well, probably they're not going to consume a video, for example, because they're busy, they might be back to back. So a guide, a, a case study of another client that was busy going through like the steps might be better for them because they can just skim through it at their own p- uh, pace. Now, if it's, let's say you're after busy moms, maybe they have a little bit more time and maybe they watch videos at night. So maybe doing like a three day training or not three day, three videos training series on something like, you know, how to balance your hormones would be better. So it kind of goes back to like all that work you do in the beginning and you're just trying to really align how they consume what would interest and what would interest them. Yeah, that's, that's a great answer. And what do you usually say to people that are afraid of giving away like too much for free? Like, do you usually say like, don't give it all just like, you know, one piece of the puzzle or don't worry about giving too much. Like it's about providing value. Like, where do you stand on that? I <laughs> uh, yes, we always hear this in uh in our space, right? Um, yeah, and, and being a nutritionist too, I uh, launched my own uh, nutrition program in 2014. You know, we come from an academic background, then we know this business stuff, and then we kind of like hear, you know, don't give too much away or they'll never buy from you. I think what we need to look at is like reframing that uh, a little a little bit here. And when somebody hasn't met you yet. And let's say they just found you online because they saw something on Instagram or, you know, something attracted um, them to you through your content. We have to kind of look at where they are at in their journey and where they're at in their journey is is we're trying to shift their beliefs because what they're doing right now and because they have that problem right now and they still haven't solved it is because of the beliefs that they have. So what we need to do is we need to shift their beliefs. So we're actually coaching the beliefs at this point. 
They're not in our program. And in your program is different. You're instead of coaching beliefs now, you're just basically giving them the how to do this because it's going to fit your life. And yes, there's going to be a little bit of belief coach coaching in there. But before that, we're trying to figure out, okay, where are they at? What do they believe? And how can I shift them so that when they when they do the thing, they're more bought into it rather than they do the thing. Oh, that didn't work. I'm just going to move on again. Yeah. So to um to your question there is when um when we're creating these things it's more about what do they believe right now how do i meet them where they're at tell them why it's not working and then tell them why the other thing works so we're selling the why so it kind of goes into a formula which i always teach our uh, mentorship clients the formula is not x it's y anytime it comes to um, influence. It's not X. It's not this thing. It's not calorie, strict calorie counting that doesn't work. It's actually, you're too busy. You got a lot of stress hormones and that's why that didn't work. We got to address your stress hormones before the weight can come off. So you see, I'm kind of doing a reframe. It's not this and here's why. So that's what we want to actually sell on what, when we're giving um, something away. So now they're bought into more of the system. And they're like, okay, I'm curious. And then your nurture email takes care of kind of the rest of shifting and shifting. And now you got an easier client reaching out to you, easier sales calls, and they're coming to your program with less doubt. And then it just becomes a better client. Yeah, that's that's really great to to lay that out for everyone. And I think this almost goes back to solve the problem of people wanting to add so much content into their freebies. And almost like, in a sense, like here's everything I know about this topic. But if you're just kind of like, I guess for lack of a better word, like word vomiting, everything, you know, it's not solving mm. one problem. You're probably trying to solve 10 problems that person might have. So it's like really going back to like, okay, what's like, I'm creating this thing with one purpose in mind. That's going to help to shift the belief that they currently have and give them a solution to one probably problem. That's like pretty prevalent for them right now that you can try to fix or try to give them a solution to, and then bring them now into this more email sequence where you're um, guiding them and supporting yeah, them and maybe moving them it. down the, the, the sales process. Yeah. And just kind of like about the, not the word vomiting, yeah. um, you got to remember, um, you know, you guys know a lot and, you know, I spent, you know, $30,000 on my nutrition journey. And I was there too. When I first started my nutrition, uh, taking nutrition clients, uh, in the gym, I charged like 30 bucks an hour. And like, literally the first session was like an hour and a half. And I'm like educating them on insulin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just see it in their eyes. They're like, I don't care about it, this. It's interesting, but I just want the result. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so you, you just kind of think, think about that, right? So your lead magnet, what you're giving away. Yeah. your coaching beliefs, figure out where their beliefs are. And, but in your program, like you wouldn't, somebody's first session, you wouldn't coach them on insulin, talk about all these macros they got to measure. Oh, and then all these supplements and all these exercises they need to do, like this, this vomit in a yeah. session because yeah. you're going to paralyze them. Same thing when we're kind of giving out content or even our lead magnets. It's like, we want to pick one thing at a time. So they're going to digest it and then it, and be more receptive to the next thing you're going to give. Yeah, I love that so much. That's that's really great advice. So I'd love to shift into talking about like, what is this elusive email sequence we've been talking about? Um, you know, maybe even just covering like how many emails like needs to be in this sequence and then what should they even be writing? So if you want to start with just like, how many emails do we need to begin with? All right, let's get, let's get into it. All right, so um, I usually use about four to five emails and 
the like first off we got to know the intentions of this email sequence right it's not a thing that's just there because somebody said so or that's what everybody else is doing just like you know the low carb craze everybody should do in low carb but is it really right for them or what's the intention there so we got to treat our email sequence um with intention because it's because emails, um, unlike social media, where it's a little bit more intrusive, where you're like flicking through and then there are ads and all that crap popping up and then, you know, you're there for one goal, but somebody's trying to get your attention that goal. Emails is more personal. It's like permission marketing. They had to do something to get in there. So these five emails that uh, we'll kind of go through right now all have a purpose. So email one to two. You got to get them. So the intention there, you got to get them consuming the thing that you just gave them, because if they don't consume it, it doesn't indoctrinate them into the belief shifting process in like how you work and stuff. So how we want to structure these emails is that we always want to talk about benefits and outcomes. Okay. Why does this thing that I grab, why, how is it going to improve my life? And why does the other processes or things that I've tried doesn't do the thing? right? Obviously, it's in context of what you gave away. And when I say benefits and outcomes, it's like, what is the benefit to doing this in my life? Mm -hmm. And then the outcome is, what is the one thing I'll walk away with? And you want to really try and get in specifics. So for example, let's say you have an emotional eating offer. And, you know, what you don't want to say is like, you know, download my, um, uh, you know, seven meditations to, um, to beat like stress eating. And you don't want to say, you know, the benefit of reading this is because you'll feel free. Mm. Well, what does that free mean? What is the outcome? What is the benefit of being free? So I'm going to expand what being free means to them. So it could mean, you know, after doing this meditation, you'll feel less t internal tension where you're going to want to crush that jar of peanut butter, mm -hmm. right? So you're getting very specific into their life so that they can see it instead of just think about it. I think a good rule of thumb is when it comes to creating, like expanding on these and making specific, can I take a picture of it? Can I take a picture of being free? Uh, kind of not really in that space, but can I take a picture of somebody in a peanut butter jar? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a, a lot more. That. Yeah. Someone can understand this a bit more. Yeah. I, I mean, that's something I try to remind my clients too, is like, I think we so much want to spell out the features. So let's say it's like a meal plan. It's like, this comes with like 10 breakfasts mm, and like, yeah, yeah. you know, like 20 new recipes. And like, you're just saying exactly what's in it, like the brass facts of it. But it's what I, I think you're saying is more like, you know, let's assume this is a meal plan for a busy mom. It's like um, helping you get in the kitchen in 10 minutes or less and food yeah. on the table, mm -hmm. helping your mm -hmm. picky eating mm -hmm. kids actually eat their vegetables, helping, you know, X, Y, yeah. Z. So it's like, that person, that busy mom is not just like, okay, like 20 new recipes are like, oh, I can do one of these recipes in 10 minutes. And that's going to make my life so much easier. And yes. then they almost like mm -hmm. buy into what you're selling a little bit more your, your process, because they're like, oh, this actually works. Like they gave me something super tangible. Yes, exactly. That's where like something really tangible where they can like see it. Oh, this only takes 10 minutes rather than kind of like what you're saying yeah. is like, this includes these features. Yeah. It's kind of like, almost buying a car, right? Yeah. Like when you went to a car or when you're buying a car, if you're not a car buff, then you don't really care about the torque. You don't care about, um, um, you know, cer certain things Whatever about, the, features car about the car, like all the technical <laughs> yeah. stuff. Like I'm not a car person. I yeah. don't know the axles <laughs> and the suspension. You just care of like, okay, is it going to break down? Does it yeah. go? Will it go when I hit yeah. the gas? Yeah. And like you're buying, those are outcomes and benefits. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, yeah. but I guess also knowing, because let's say your audience are the people that want the actual uh, facts, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know if that would be true in some cases where maybe it's like, maybe some of your audience is like that nutrition buff who wants all of the details and all of the facts and like giving them some of like the nitty gritty where, you know, I think for a lot of our audiences, we just want to know like, yeah, the benefits of what this is going to do for my life. But maybe again, it's like knowing your audience enough to know, like, what do they want and how can you make it like the most how can you make it as easy as you can for them to digest that information? Yeah, no, thank you for the interjection there. That totally is right. Like, yeah, it goes back to who are you after? Yeah. And then, and then we got to adjust from there. So that's email one and two. You got to get them to consume it because like, it doesn't matter if you have the prettiest or you have the best um, lead magnet that maybe they worked with, with you on. Mm-hmm. Like if they don't consume it, it, it just What's it doesn't the point. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't help your case to convert them later on. Yeah. So that's the first two emails. Cause usually we, I say the first two, cause they have the highest open rate. Mm-hmm. And then we go on to the third email. Okay. So the third email, now they've kind of been indoctrinated into what you're selling or so not what you're selling, like how you do things and how you mm-hmm. think about things. I'm like, Oh, that's why that other thing don't work. This is kind of interesting. Now um, email three sells your process. Mm-hmm. So when, when I say process, it's like, okay, so when somebody pays you, invest into your program, what are the steps you kind of take um, to get that person results? And everybody has a process. Usually we get our clients to compress it to about three to five steps because the more steps you have, it, it's not very clear. So you can get something between three to five steps. Mm-hmm. And you want to talk about that process, about why this process works and why you do this and not that, and why possibly the other things could fail. So this is where we start using a lot of the, it's not this, it's this, and here's why. Mm -hmm. Now, if this is like, you know, your first time writing, um, emailing your process, you could probably write a book. Yeah. I wouldn't (laughs) recommend. (laughs) I mean, which is good. Then you have like a book in rough draft. Yeah. But yeah, not, not very good for your reader who just wants a result at that point in time. So what I would normally recommend is like just picking one to two pieces of the key processes that you do. So maybe it is the lab work where you assess and not guess. Um, maybe it's something with how you balance the meals or com- combine with some meditation stuff. Whatever it is, you want to just pick one or two and talk about why this works and why the other things that didn't work. And here's why. And you can use, you can talk about your process in that way. Or another powerful thing is uh, using a case study, like using the client, right? And just kind of going through their process. Where were their struggles? Why this thing worked for them and how did it work? So that's email three. Yeah, that's perfect. And um, with the case study, for those that are listening or maybe like, well, I haven't actually worked with clients yet. Like, I love this idea. Is that something they could almost like write the first draft of the email? And then once they get some clients in, they get a bit of experience, they can go back and edit some of these emails with like more powerful statements. Yeah, actually, what I would what I would do is, um, is uh, probably add that case study as part of the sequence to build more proof. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. Okay, cool. And so what would be after kind of selling our process or introducing them to our process, what would be the next email? Okay. So more based on um, data uh, with the clients that we work with, usually 
before somebody turns into a sale or get a DM reach out, they got to consume at least two pieces of content at minimum. And this makes the calls or the sales a lot easier. So on email four, instead of booking a call, because you sold your process, um, we usually get them to consume something a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is kind of just based off the data that we've seen. So it could be uh, a webinar. It could be you know, if you're on Instagram, maybe there's like a live or a story or, or whatever that you have in there or in your Facebook group. If there's something there, move them to there. And again, it's the same thing as email one to two. You're selling. Why should I invest 60 minutes in this time or 20 minutes or whatever? Right. Mm-hmm. The benefits of that. So you got to move them so they can consume and, and just mature a little bit more into your system. Yeah. And that's that's email four. I love that. That's something that I have never really thought about myself or thought about teaching is like, you know, building that, like strengthening, I guess, the the why of like, why, again, they should learn from you and why you are an authority in the space. And it's just like, yeah, building that up. So this, like you said, it could be like a webinar or workshop they've maybe done, maybe like a live. What about even something like a blog post? Would this be mm-hmm. a good piece of content to some people too? Yeah. You want to move them to whatever um, content that positions you and your, your authority. Um, that so if if there is blog posts, yeah, move move them there. If that's a key thing that you do, um, that's different from like the market. Okay, perfect. And do you recommend like through these emails um, that people that you're like asking questions, like trying to get responses or trying to get conversations started? Because I'm going to assume a lot of these people are maybe new in your audience or new in your community. So you don't even know who they are going through this sequence. And, you know, let's say they do end up booking a call, like it's kind of like a cold, a cold lead where you're like, oh, I don't even know who they are. So do you recommend like adding some kind of um, conversation starters in? there so that people are reaching out or is that not really the purpose of the email sequence no i think the ctas um having one in there just to get a reply i mean the benefit obviously you create a connection there somebody's actually like responding to you and the other thing too even better is uh on the technical side is that it builds a relationship with the spam filters because uh kind of like facebook where comments are the most and then the likes are second um, an email replies are the ultimate, right? And then forwards and then opens um, and then, cl- or sorry, clicks and then opens. So yeah, like email three would be a good good time to do it. Or uh, you can even do it email one when the open rate is the highest. So yeah. usually within the first three emails, when you're building that relationship, for sure. Yeah, I love, I love that recommendation. So what would be our last and final email to send? So the last and final email, now that they've, hopefully consumed your stuff. They know how you think. They understand your process. Okay. What, why this is different from the others. You've moved them to like a larger piece of training. Now it's time to ask for them to book the call. Mm. And, um, and this is good because what it's going to do is like the fast action people that just want the, the result, they'll obviously book and then obviously, you know, like Stephanie, you, you know, this as well. It's like, not everybody buys. Mm-hmm, within the absolutely. first 30 days. Yeah. And so, you know, if they don't buy, then they're just going to go back into your uh, regular nurture sequence, or if they're following you on Instagram or a Facebook group, you know, you're going to use that content as way you teach in your program to nurture them further. Yeah. So with this book, a call email, so let's kind of sl- go back to the book, a call email. Um, what you want to do is you want to all explain 
what is behind the scenes, right? Don't mm -hmm. just go book a call because I'm mm -hmm. awesome. I mean, which everybody is if they work yeah. with you. <laughs> so, but it can be nerve-wracking, I'm sure, if you're just like, yeah. hey, jump on the phone with me. They're like, ah, why? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, it's like somebody telling you, okay, close your eyes and uh, put your hand in this thing. <laughs> I don't know what's in there. So you got to always tell what's behind the scenes. Why book a call, right? Um, and we always, you know, position this as like, a, obviously it is to help that person. Can I understand you more um, on how you got to where you are? And then come up with a roadmap. And then finally, if it fits, your fit, non-fit feels good, we can kind of talk about the program. So you're really selling what's on the call, what's behind the curtain so that people um, can invest time in you, uh, into you. Because right now, like getting money is, is just as hard as getting time from people. Mm -hmm. That's true, yeah. So after this sequence goes through, and and I guess just to clarify for everyone that maybe again just starting out, they're like, well, how do I set this up? Um, like they would be basically like pre-writing these emails and then scheduling them into their email platform, um, yeah. or not scheduling, but like pre-setting them. So when somebody like opts into their landing page, then they automatically yeah. get sent these emails. And I guess one question I should ask is like, do you recommend that these emails go out? Like email one goes out right away email two goes out the next day email three goes out the third day and do you kind of cycle them like every single day there's a new email yeah oh yeah so uh good question on the um the cadence of it mm -hmm. so i like to do every like two days okay um is good and this is uh back when i used to work for um software companies that would basically do all their like it's called software as a service and um I would create their email sequences for them to get them after the free trial to buy. Mm -hmm. So um, there's an average where it's about 11 days where people are the most engaged into making a decision. So anywhere between that 11 days, I think is totally fine. Okay. That's, that's great advice. Thank you for sharing the like actual specifics. I think it actually makes somebody, somebody know, okay, in 11 days, I have maybe my best chance at that moment to, to like nurture that person. So to have those emails set in place and not kind of put one in place and not say anything for another month or two, you know, that's the time we really need to kind of yeah, jump on it and really timeline. engage. Yeah. And that actually yeah. brings me to um, another question is after they're done the sequence, like what should people be doing? Do you usually recommend like they send out a weekly email? Um, I know some people get this all set up and then they ghost their email list. And mm -hmm. I mean, I've been there before, so no shame if that's anybody yeah. here, but you <laughs> know, ideally, yeah. you know, we're, we're being, we're communicating a little bit more often. So what would be like um, something you recommend to your clients for like a good schedule of communication? Yeah. So you definitely, uh, definitely don't ghost. So don't send zero. Yeah. <laughs> um, email is like, it is a, a like a one-on-one -on -one conversation type platform. And the great thing about it is most people will read their emails, even if they skim. Well, actually most people skim. Yeah. So the frequency we usually recommend that we found like the best results is about three times, two to three times a week. Oh, okay. So um, a little bit higher, like more of like conversation with the person. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the great thing about, let's say Instagram and Facebook, if you're on those platforms, if you're writing a post for, for those, like you can adapt it to email because email is like a one-on-one -on -one kind of conversation too, but just more like, you know, uh, more, more, I guess more like a private conversation with a friend yeah. compared to like Facebook or Instagram, more like a conversation in a bar, 
yeah. where there's yeah. like so much yeah. distraction. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So, okay. That's good to know. And for somebody that's maybe like, okay, I would love to be that consistent, but let's be honest. This is just not going to happen for me. Do you think like once a week is a really good goal for people to strive for? Oh yeah. Start with once a week and then build the momentum on that. And then you'll just find it easier and easier. Um, yeah. But yeah, the sweet spot we found is about two to three. We can yeah. work up to that point. And I guess last question that I have is, I mean, this is a personal struggle of mine is like, I can get in the rhythm and I can have ideas for like how to keep my list engaged. And then I almost like don't have any more content, like more ideas for like how to write my emails or how to keep people engaged. So what do you recommend when somebody's sitting down to write their emails? Like, do you recommend that they just write as themselves, like a conversation they'd be having with a client or with a friend, or do you have any like tips for like actually writing good emails? Um, yeah. So I think there's two questions there. There's one, like, how do you stay consistent with ideas and then how to yeah, write a yeah. good email? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the idea thing, um, you know, first up, like ideas are all around you. Um, so, you know, when you're, even when you're starting out, um, there's going to be some type of feedback system where you'll get some engagement on some, some emails or some emails, like on your Instagram, or maybe open rates are good on some of the emails. You may be talking to somebody in DMs or for some of you who take sales calls, we'll get like certain objections. Um, I have like an idea box in my Evernote. And every time I have a spark of an idea, I'll just type idea in the subject line. I'll just have a prompt for it. So when I come back and depending on what I'm feeling with the content of the market, then that will be what I, what I write. Right. And I can always kind of go back to that, especially with the prompts, like it's prompts are just like two sentences of yeah. the idea that you want to write about. And then I can always come back to that and just have something to write. Yeah. So okay. yeah. it's one way to do it. Yeah. Keep like a running list. Yeah. And I think I love that idea of like, um, ideas are all around you. your content is all around you. It's like just thinking about like, Oh, well, Here's something like a family friend asked me about this nutrition topic. Maybe mm -hmm. like other people in my audience are wondering the same thing. And yeah. like, there's some content right there. And it's like almost like having those little sparks of an idea and being like, okay, how can I formulate this into something that would be super engaging for my audience to learn about? Love that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And also like, even if you follow others that may be a little further ahead in their nutrition journey, if something speaks to you, save that post or cop that post, don't, obviously don't copy it word for word, but use it as inspiration to kind of model too. So yeah. there, it's all around. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then I think my last question was more just like any writing tips in, in general, like, should you write like you're talking to a friend or a client? I know I'm totally putting you on the line here with, <laughs> with these questions, but just anything that maybe you've seen with your own yeah. clients or in your business. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, when you are writing for sure, like talk to you, like write, like you're talking to a friend. Mm -hmm. So you get to break English language rules. It's not an academic, um, space, right? We're not writing research papers to be, and then we're going to be defending against a bunch of scientists. We're writing to regular people and they read and, and most people are skimming and the easiest thing to um, read is things at a grade five level. Um, now, I, <laughs> I know that a lot of new nutritionists and health professionals are perfectionists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, but I hope that this isn't going to make things worse. But like, if you want to play around with it, you can use an app called Hemingway app. Awesome. And Perfect. you can just copy and paste the thing you're writing into that. And, and it will tell you the grade level you're writing at, right? Oh. So you want to be between grades, well, five is the best, but I don't want 
like imperfect, imperfect action is better than not doing it at all. Yes. So just grade six to seven is totally fine. You don't need to be the best writer, but it just needs to be readable. That's great. Hemingway, did you say that's the Hemingway app? Yeah. That I'm going to start using that because I think that's so great because, you know, you and I might think like, oh, this is information that's like so interesting and that everyone needs to know about, but that could go way over someone's head and that could be the thing that makes them check out because they're like, this is way too complicated where it's not about like creating invaluable or, or sorry, content that's not valuable. It's creating content that's valuable at a level that people can actually understand. Yeah. And we got to also remember that like when people are consuming things, email or social media, like they've had a busy day. They probably had a long day. They're not there to be on social media, to read research academic papers. Yes, (laughs) They want to, they want like, like comfort food for their brain. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. Or even maybe to take it a step further is like comfort food, but also like, what can they maybe like an action or like what can they do with this information where I think a lot of us just like, are like, here's all the information, but people are like, this is great, but how does this apply to me? So it's almost like marrying the two together. Yes, exactly. Like we got to have it actionable for our audience who isn't as educated as us in in the realm of nutrition now. Yes. So it is our job to make things easier for people to consume. Yes. And I think the biggest thing is like, what, this clarity thing of making things easy for people to consume. When If you can do that, then people like really appreciate and they build a connection like, wow, like this person makes sense. And when you have that feeling, they build a more of a connection with you. Like they're like, I, I write a lot, a lot of long posts in my, um, in my Facebook. So it's over the, some of it's over the 2200 character mark, but I always get people on the phone that say this and not not only in this business but when i was working as a copywriter uh with busy people they're like i don't read long posts but they're your like, posts are so engaging yeah yeah and i'm like yeah <laughs> so not to say you should write long posts all the time i think you should mix it up but like yeah if it's good and if they if it's clear at a level where they can read like five to seven where they can kind of skim it then they'll read it that is such great advice and i think like using that app, you know, if that's the place they start just to learn how to get down to that, like grade five yeah. level, ideally, mm-hmm. like, and then it's like, okay, then you're just in the rhythm. But I think so many of us are probably trying to write at like a grade 12 or university level and our clients yeah, are yeah. just like, t- it's too intense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was great. Thank you so much for this conversation. I think you gave so many helpful tips of like, really teaching us what an email nurture sequence is, why they should actually put one in place, you know, starting today and the the valuable content that they can add to that. And then just breaking down those emails, like exactly kind of the purpose of each one. And then some tips for writing and, and being consistent with sending emails. This was again, just an awesome conversation with so many takeaways, which I feel like people are going to have to listen to this a couple of times and really have their notebook and, and put this into practice. I think that's really you know, the next step to take is, is get that email nurture sequence in place. Now, if people want to learn more from you or check you out, um, where can they find you? Uh, yeah. So I think, um, I got all of my contact links that will be in the show notes. Yep. And then, uh, I'm most active in, um, my Facebook group clients through connection for coaches. Um, and I do a lot of trainings in there and I'll write a lot of stuff in there and you'll, and a lot of past trainings will be in there on this stuff and more. 
Oh, perfect. So I'll make sure to put the Facebook group link and then the mm -hmm. link that they can learn more about you and your business. So thanks again so much for coming. This was actually really, really fun. And I learned a lot today and, and I'm walking away with a lot of tips. So thanks again for coming, Kevin. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.